When was the last time you enjoyed a hearty belly laugh? How willing are you to laugh at your own foibles or to see the funny side of life's misfortunes? You're listening to the Eudaimonia podcast. I'm Kim Forrester and today we're going to shine a spotlight on the heartwarming effects of humour. Welcome to Eudaimonia, the podcast that is all about flourishing. Plug in, relax, and get ready for the goodness as we explore the traits and practices that can help you thrive in life. With your host, Kim Forrester. Ryan Alwood has been a comedian for the past 15 years, performing more than 2,800 shows in 23 countries. In 2016, he won the title of Canada's Best Stand-Up Comic. Brian recently headlined the Best Kind Comedy Tour, playing to sold-out theatres across Canada. And his solo show, Big in Asia, was nominated for Best Comedy at Fringe World in Perth, Australia. It's my absolute delight to be chatting with Brian today to discuss the benefits of laughter on our well-being and to explore ways we can adopt a more light-hearted, more humorous approach to life. Brian Elwood, mm. it is such a delight to have you here. Thank you so much for gifting your time, your wisdom, and well, hopefully your wisdom with us <laughs> <Yeah>. today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You've had some very conventional jobs in the past. You've been a kindergarten teacher, you've been mm. a, an assistant janitor. That's right. And I believe you've also been an English teacher in Korea. Mm-hmm. What drew you to humour and comedy? Honestly, looking back, I don't think I've ever taken anything really serious. Um, when I was a boy, like late 70s, early 80s, growing up in Newfoundland, Canada, I wanted to be a Jedi. <laughs> and that was a legit wish. I thought that was a real thing. And uh, it started from Jedi to a hockey player, baseball player, basketball player. Like, I was always such a dreamer. Like, I never wanted anything conventional. Mm. I was really big into sports. Then I ended up going to university on basketball scholarship and... Um, Graduate university with a degree in community studies, which is absolutely useless. And uh, then, uh, yeah, I became a teacher eventually and then went to, uh, you know, South Korea. And I always wanted to do it. Like, looking back, like, when I was very young, like 11, 12, I, would, I found David Letterman somehow. And um, he came on very late in, you know, in Newfoundland. Like, one in the morning, two in the morning, whatever. And um, I would just watch him and it's stand-ups, like Gary Shandling and all these old comics, Roseanne Barr. And I was blown away by it, but it wasn't something you could do. There was no stand-up comedy on the island I lived on in, in, uh, in Newfoundland, Canada at all. No stand-up. So I just thought it was something Americans did. And so it was always in the back of my head. I eventually moved to uh, Korea, like I said, and um, there was open mics. And I would go, and I started getting the itch again. I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it. And then uh, my ex-wife uh, was just sick of me talking about it. And uh, so we made a bet. She was a smoker at the time, and she said if she quit smoking for a month, I'd have to go on stage and just do it, you know, and stop talking about it. So I said, okay, cool. And uh, she did. And I was like, oh, no, because I was so nervous. And um, I did, 2005, November 11th, and I've been doing it ever since. So you're saying that you were itching to get back on stage. What was it? Were you missing the creation of laughter were you missing well, your expression I, i'd never been on stage before oh yeah that's the thing i never no i just it was something i wanted to do but there was no it wasn't available you know well i shouldn't say that the funny thing is i guess you are who you are when i was very young my mother reminds me of this like i did um sadly i had a best friend of mine who passed away and i ended up writing a speech and was in a speech contest and won a speech contest i was only seven years old no one pushed me to do that it was something i wanted to do so it kind of i guess it's always kind of been in me but um yeah, I just did it on a dare, and then once I did it that first time, 
I got over the fear. Like, I was so scared. That's mm-hmm. why I did. I mean, I, I had signed up for uh, open mics in the past, like in Montreal, Canada, and Toronto. I just didn't, either didn't show up, or actually I'd been there sometimes and pretended I wasn't because <laughs> I was so scared. Mm. So once I got over that fear, I was, I was 31 at the time, too, so I was, you know, considered kind of old. And I moved to Toronto um, two months later because Toronto's kind of one of the meccas for comedy in the world. And I just knew I had to get to work and do it as much as I could because um, it's kind of how I am. When I'm invested, I'm all in. And so I went, and here I am. You often stand in a room full of laughter. Yep. If you're doing your job properly. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Can you perhaps describe for my listeners what that feels like? Like, what's the vibe in the room when you've got a crowd of people all invested in humour? It's pretty awesome, yeah. Um, it's funny you ask that question. I've been taking it for granted lately, I've noticed. And uh, I've been doing this now 15 years. Um, and I do it more than most. You know, I'm on stage 250, 300 times a year. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty amazing the waves you get on. Like, it's, 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 that's where you can change people's ideas sometimes or just make them laugh, which is good enough. It's pretty awesome. What I've been really liking lately, actually, is when people come up to you after the show. And, uh, and I'm amazed that people are that nice that they want to. Sometimes people will line up, you know, after, like, the Canadian tour, people will line up for a half hour just to say kind words. It's amazing. But then you know you're really connected with them, you know? Mm. And um, I've been really blown away by that lately, just people who come up to you after the show and say nice things. It just lets you know you've done a good job. Really interesting. Just off here, mm. before we started the show, you were explaining how in times of great challenge mm-hmm. in the world, there seems to be an uptick in crowds in the comedy clubs. Yeah. What do you think people are searching for when they come to you in times of trauma and and chaos outside well yeah i've heard that before like they were talking about the 80s you know during the cold war like comedy was they had a huge comedy boom then there's a huge comedy boom now even bigger Mm. and i think there's definitely a correlation between that and just um all the garbage we get fed you know by the media and stuff um i just think people are looking for tension release Mm. you know people are nervous and scared and they just need a little bit of break from all that and um that's really how comedy is, right? It's tension release. So I think people are just coming just to feel a little bit better, maybe connect, feel part of something, you know, mm. think differently. Sometimes, you know, my favorite comedians are the ones who make you laugh and maybe make you think a little differently. Mm. And then that's, that's a beautiful thing. It's always occurred <clears throat> to me that we can actually broach really sensitive topics mm-hmm. or bring up points of view that might not necessarily be welcomed by everyone. Mm. But if we do it with just that pinch of humor, mm-hmm. They become open to it. Has that Mm -hmm. been your experience? People become open when they're laughing. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I got a couple of bits right now. Like I'm talking about, um, well, the bushfires in Australia, right? Mm -hmm. Which sounds like what is such a serious topic, but I, I kind of flip it on its head and talk about koalas and make Mm -hmm. it all about that and just how people don't seem to be concerned about Australians, just more about koalas. (laughs) Just it just takes the you know yeah just a little again a little tension release from the you know such a horrific thing. Really cool that we're talking then about the like it's really a quite a stress relieving and healing mm. um, side of humor. And I wonder, what do you think about taking humor and turning it inward? Is that something that you ever practice? Do you think that we'd we'd live a little bit lighter in the world if we sometimes took humor and laughed not at ourselves but maybe with ourselves a bit more? Well, I think you should laugh at yourself. I think it's very important to be able to laugh. Um, I mean, I think maybe a lot of us have the experience. I mean, I have, again, it's, it's interesting you ask that question. I was talking to a friend of mine recently. I mean, I've had, you know, uh, I've been around the world. I've met a lot of people. I mean, I've known people who've been, uh, you know, murdered, raped, suicidal, all this stuff. It, real things like we all do. A lot of people mm-hmm. know this. And it's heavy stuff. 
we can't pretend it doesn't exist. I um, mean, I had a friend of mine who went through some horrific sexual abuse, and um, the jokes that he says about it are absolutely horrific, mm. but they heal him. Mm. And I've, I've seen, I've known him most of my life, and uh, it's just he's, a, he's allowed to make those jokes. It happened to him, and it's just that's, uh, you know, if he can get any kind of giggle out of it, I mean, why not? That, that to me is just repairing it bit by bit. So, I mean, there's, yeah, I think you absolutely have to turn comedy inward. Well, while we're talking about the balance between, you know, seriousness mm-hmm. and, and comedy, I want to talk about Vladimir Zelensky. Mm. He used to be a comedian. Mm-hmm. Now he's the president of the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And he stepped into a pretty intense geopolitical situation sure there, right? So do you think that we can take a moment right now to dispel the idea that funny people cannot also be thoughtful and intelligent and serious? Is that, is that, is that the myth out there? <laughs> I never heard that. Well, yeah, well, I don't even mm. think that's true. I think mm. people might think that, like a goofier type of comedian. But, uh, I mean, if you think of just, um, you know, Trevor Noah, Ellen DeGeneres, mm. John Oliver, I mean, these are where people get their news now. And people, those are the most trusted, intelligent people, really, we have, you know, on, on the air in America anyway. I think most good comics are intelligent people because most good comics are curious people. So mm. they're constantly learning. You know, it's who we are, and we're very observant, and and um, and also we've been humbled because if you do this, if you do comedy for a long time, it's not easy, and you go through a lot of stuff, mm. and uh, you can't help but be humbled. So I think the combination of being humble and being uh, curious only makes you intelligent and strong, and you know. Let's turn the question on its head then. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that? serious people and intelligent people mm. in very serious roles could benefit from injecting a little bit more humour. Totally. So leadership, for instance, do you think humour would be a wonderful quality for leaders in any aspect of society to start adopting and engaging with? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, it's just fun, more fun to be around. It's a more fun atmosphere, mm. right? Endorphins and all that stuff. And uh, chances are, if you have a good sense of humour, you'll be more likeable. So if you're a leader, people will like you more. They're more in, in, um, inclined to follow you. And, um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's actually one of the things that's missing in a lot of business mm-hmm. is is a sense of humor. I think it can be – I mean, I know people – some people actually teach it as a course. But you could uh, – yeah, people can inject humor in their lives more for sure, especially uptight types. <laughs> well, it comes back Let's to what you types. was <laughs> – <laughs> it comes back to how you were saying that humor can actually relieve tension and relieve stress. So Definitely. I guess if you're in a really serious board meeting or mm-hmm. whatever, or you've got a, a deadline looming and, and the team is stressed out about it, a little mm. bit of humor. Totally. Well, let that go. And I imagine that people walk out of a comedy show feeling a little bit lighter about the world. I hope so, yeah. clear-headed, mm-hmm. right? And I imagine in the boardroom could be the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Many people might say I can't remember the punchline you know I have a darling husband who loves a few jokes but might not necessarily get them all the way through the story with all the accurate details and and able to enable it to be funny Mm -hmm. Um, do you think that humor has to resemble comedy though to be effective is there a more subtle way that we can harness humor in our lives without literally having to be the the clown the joker in the room yeah just don't take yourself too seriously you know, let it happen naturally. I think people take themselves way too seriously. I mean, I get it, but also what I see it being done, I just think people are um, being conned, to be honest. 
just you know in terms of the media and the way they're advertised to everyone's made to feel less than and consumerism mm. is just such an addiction and people are just never happy it seems with their sales right they get mm. a new car and a year later that's not good enough they need another car a new phone oh now you need to no, iphone 11. it's just we're never content so i just think yeah if you can just not take yourself so seriously it's a massive thing is there one thing in particular that you think we're not laughing at enough ourselves mm. yeah i think ourselves again people just you know People are all trying to pretend they're something they're not. Not everybody, of course, but I mean, there's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of masks being worn. I think wow. by people. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I can see that mm. most of us are running around trying to pretend that we're perfect. Mm. Mm. We don't have foibles. We don't have failings. And it's stressful, you know. People got families. People got jobs. I mean, there's yeah. not a lot of time to yourself. I mean, luckily, I'm a comedian. I don't have kids. You know. I have a wife, but we have time, so time is, is so valuable to have, and I have a lot of it, luckily, but most people don't have that, mm. you know, so. On the back of that question then, you're saying that it may be best for us if we learn to laugh, mm-hmm. certainly at ourselves, a lot more, and science certainly shows that, like, laughter and humour itself is incredibly good for our well-being. Mm-hmm. It increases our endorphins, it boosts the immune system, as you were saying, it lowers stress, like, scientifically. Definitely. It even... <clears throat> Apparently, it helps prevent heart disease. You can actually go to laughter therapy now because mm-hmm. of those benefits. Mm-hmm. Do you think, though, that there's a benefit in going along to these sort of planned laughter classes? Or <laughs> is it best if maybe we just learn to imbue it more spontaneously into our life? Well, I did that once uh, with a friend of mine because I was curious. First of all, I think, yeah, I think as long as you're laughing, it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, laughing's involuntary. And it's contagious. So I, so I went to one of these in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, with my friend a few years ago. And because uh, I was just curious, I'm like, what, what is this? Because apparently the laughter yoga, which is some, it was uh, created by just a bunch of dudes in a park in Mumbai in like the 90s or something. I think that's where it comes from. Like five guys in a park started it. Now it's like all over the world. And uh, so we went there and there's about 50 people. Usually there's more and we're sitting in a circle. And so I was really uncomfortable. And I mean, I'm a comedian, so I was like, I already, you know, in my head, I'm like, I don't like this. This is terrible, right? <laughs> so, but I'm sitting there, I'm giving it a chance. I'm with my friend. And then we started doing these crazy exercises where you would like pick a partner and you had to stand in front of each other and like make silly faces, make silly noises, like whatever you were told. And it was just absolutely ridiculous. But after a while, I started investing in it. And uh, it's just, you start laughing because it's insane. Yeah. And then you look around the room and, and then again, it's contagious. You see other people making faces and it just becomes this whole energy thing. And that by the end of it, we were laughing our, you know, laughing our faces off. So yeah, I think um, yeah, as long as you're laughing, it's a great thing. I mean, wherever you can get it, get it. That's brilliant. Mm. But once again, laughing at the silliness of it, right? Allowing yeah. oneself to actually be yeah. stupid and silly yeah, and not exactly. so serious, exactly. and then enjoying the moment. Yeah. So we've talked about the importance of being able to laugh at ourselves. Mm-hmm very tribal world that we kind of live in at the moment you know everyone's got their in-group yeah it's quite we're getting back to the tribes right so how important do you think it is for us to maybe extend that humor beyond laughing at ourselves and sometimes actually just laugh with our in-group with our tribe with the cultures and practices and beliefs that we adhere to do you think that there's any benefit in trying to do that yeah well again i think it's about not taking yourself so seriously you know Mm -hmm. Even the Best Kind Comedy Tour that I do now in Canada is the third year we've been doing it. Uh, me and a couple of comics uh, from Newfoundland, Canada, Colin Hollett and Mike Lynch. Um, so we we don't necessarily target people from Newfoundland, but Newfoundlanders are kind of very, um, they travel a lot. They're all over the place. So it, it, 
most of the crowd is probably 50 60 percent newfoundlanders so a lot of the jokes tend to be kind of about you know the tribe mm. or whatever you want to say and it's uh yeah why not why not uh make fun of yourself i think it's great i mean even uh, my wife my wife is from newfoundland as well i mean this is the first time again it's interesting you asked this question i've been thinking about this lady like uh, this is the first person i've been with who's funny you oh. know i've always been the funny one mm. you know like i've been with people who had a sense of humor but not necessarily funny. Like, my wife is hilarious, so she makes me laugh, and it's such, it feels great. And I never really experienced that before. Mm. And we've been talking about that later. I'm like, just how, and then she said to me, like, the other day, she was saying just how, uh, oh, I'm so lucky you make me laugh all the time. My friend was asking me this the other day, Brian must make you laugh all the time. You're so lucky, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, I don't even think, I guess because I am just a funny person, I'm such a fool. Like, I just never thought about not laughing. I can't imagine being in a relationship <laughs> and just not laughing. Sounds horrible. We're the same as a family. Yeah. We laugh at ourselves you and have definitely each other all the time. Totally. Do you feel it's a different type of relationship you have with your wife now then? Is there a, do you notice the difference because you are both contributing? Compared to what? Well, to, to, yeah, to other relationships that you've had where maybe you've, you've been the funny one. Yeah, and there was no even offence to those people. It's mm. just That's just how it was. Mm. I mean, I guess I... Um, I guess I'm willing to share the attention now. <laughs> no, it's just, it just feels better. Yeah, when someone's making you laugh, like, yeah, like she entertains me, which is kind of a new thing. And, um, yeah, it's great. We have a great time. Do you see humor as a great way to resolve conflict? So let's talk about in relationships, or let's talk about those the fighting between the groups and the tribes mm-hmm. that we have going on in the world. Do you think that if we could all learn to be a little bit more lighthearted, that maybe it would be easier to step in you know, step towards reconciliation with people yeah, totally. or understanding. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're definitely less further away than, you know, from each other if you're, mm-hmm. if you're laughing together. Yeah, I mean, I do that with my wife sometimes, which I like. I'll say stuff that's sometimes inappropriate maybe for an, an argument <laughs> or something, but she'll laugh against her own nature, which is great that I know that we're on the way to <laughs> being good again. <laughs> this next question might be difficult for you because you say you've always lived lightheartedly you know you've always kind of used humor in your life but mm. i wonder how you feel about using humor to connect with everyday people the barista at the coffee shop you know the checkout operator at the supermarket mm. is it something that you feel that you employ is it something that you'd encourage people to do more often yeah i think you do it i think i just do it naturally it's just how mm. i speak you know uh through humor but even i mean living overseas i mean i've been in asia now for 13 years i mean it's a great way to connect culturally with whether it's a smile a laugh a silly Mm. gesture um i mean i've done that hundreds of times over the years yeah i mean why not again um you know a lot of people seem to be having a hard time so Mm. why not release that tension and just even it can be as simple as a smile Mm. I'm always fascinated when I go to, like, say, a coffee shop, like you mentioned, and, like, the Brees is there, and she's just fantastic, and she just seems to love her job, and she's happy. Like, that that can make your day. Yeah. You know, instead of the opposite of that. You mm. know, just some lazy slob who's just angry and then just, just, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of beautiful. Or serious. Not necessarily mm. even angry, but when people are overly serious, yeah. it certainly doesn't lighten yeah. the mood, like does it? Yeah, it's the coffee shop. Yeah. Calm down. <laughs> so, are there any situations where you feel in your opinion, that humor is absolutely inappropriate? No, but I'm a comedian. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know what, what situation would that be. I mean, I mean, timing is important. Mm. I mean, you know, the whole adage of like too soon. Now, to a comedian, we don't really like that term too soon because in comedy, it's like when something happens, it's a race to who gets the funniest joke about <laughs> it first, you yeah, know. Yeah. 
I mean, even take, for example, I mean, the Kobe Bryant, you know, Kobe Bryant died, the basketball famous basketball player. I guarantee you most comics were writing Kobe Bryant jokes immediately after they found that out. Mm -hmm. uh, even if they weren't willing to share them, just as a practice. And there's actually a, a famous comedian who, now he went a little further, he did something real dumb. He just posted online, just he mm -hmm. kind of celebrated his death and it got really out of control. And uh, I mean, that's just not funny. Mm -hmm. You know, so with that, just no kind of redeeming quality. And then he's, he's, he's uh, feeling the blowback now like his management team dropped him, especially got canceled. I mean, you gotta be careful these days. But I think as long as it's funny, but that sounds easy. It's not easy. Yeah. You know, it's like leave it to the funny people. Okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's very uncomfortable when unfunny people try to be funny. <laughs> Do you think that everyone can be funny, though? No, definitely oh, not. Okay. Definitely not. So then if we're looking to inject humor into our lives, it's not necessarily to make jokes, like you're saying. You, no. Yeah. But just to be more lighthearted in yeah, the way that we're Yeah, you can have a sense of humor without yeah. being the funny person, you know. But, um, yeah, definitely everyone's not funny. I mean, you know that. You've been to dinner parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get stuck in the corner talking to someone. You're like, oh, God, it's tragic. Are there ways you think that we can learn to laugh more then? If we're not necessarily cracking the jokes or, you know, being able to frame whatever's happening in a funny way, mm. do you think, just in your opinion, that it's possible for people to strengthen their sense of humor? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you know, they div there's some people who do comedy classes. Like, I don't think you can teach someone to be funny. Mm -hmm. You innately have it or you don't. But if you do have it, but you can learn to be funny. I mean, there are some tricks. You know, there's some, mm -hmm. there's some rhythms to comedy. There's some, like, like a hard C word is funnier than, mm -hmm. you know, uh, whatever, like a P word, stuff like that. Um, but in terms of learning to be able to laugh more. But, yeah, well, I think that just goes back to what we're saying about just not taking yourself too seriously. Yeah. I mean, um I just find people are really getting carried away with that. But again, I, you know, I, I, I break it down to whole, just the, to the media control, you know, and just what they do to people, make people feel less than. So people are just always trying to see, seem to be social climbing and never be happy mm. with mm. themselves, you know. It's just like you need to take some time out and appreciate what you have, not what you don't have. You've mentioned that a couple of times. Do you think there's a link then between feeling more content with mm. our lives? Yeah. And feeling more lighthearted about it. Yeah, I think I've mentioned that because I've been really making an effort to do it the past about two years now, uh, just being grateful. Mm. And it uh, changed my life. It mm. really did. I mean, it sounds so basic, the word gratefulness, but I just, when I really just, you know, like if I'm having a bad week or a bad, and I just stop for a second, I'm like, what am I? I'm a comedian, right? I have mm. a great wife. We, uh, we live in Thailand. I tell you, like, life is awesome, you know? Um, you can get caught up on your stuff. You just need to, again, remind yourself what you have, not what you don't have. Because mm -hmm. I don't think anyone sits around on their deathbed thinking, oh, I wish I had more stuff. You know, I wish I, you know, they don't. No. They wish they had more love in their life. They wish they maybe laughed did more, more. things, laughed more, for yeah. sure, right? So, yeah, that's, that's kind of my new thing. Eudaimonia podcast is all about the bright side of life. But there's mm -hmm. one question I do want to delve into with you. Humor can sometimes be used, and I use humor in inverted commas mm -hmm. here, can sometimes be used as a justification for being mean mm. and malicious. You know, you hear, you hear people throw an insult at someone right. and they go, oh, just kidding, just kidding. Mm -hmm. What do you feel about that type of humor? Well, again, funny is funny. If you're not funny, if you got to apologize for it, then you're not funny. Mm. If you got to explain it, you're not funny. Right. Um, and it doesn't work. I mean, that guy, Ari Shafir, the famous comedian who made the jokes about Kobe, I mean, he's feeling the blowback now of, of doing something pretty stupid. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to tell someone not to try to be funny because, I mean, you should try, I guess, but... Um, My point mm. is more people not even trying to be funny but trying to mask their maliciousness oh, under okay, the, okay, under okay, the okay. guise of humour. So, yeah, well, no, there's no... Yeah, we'll just uh, walk away from those people. Yeah, you know, you meet those people. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that either. And you see them sometimes in comedy. We see those people at open mics. Mm. And honestly, since Trump was elected, it's, it's, it's just funny, right? Because he, he kind of normalized you know, crappy behavior. And then so those people came out of the shadows again. Mm. And so you see those guys at open mics just a straight up racist or sexist or misog- and it's just saying a horrible thing and it's just not funny at all. Right. And yeah, it's horrible. So I, I usually leave the room because I'm so uncomfortable. Mm. I'm pretty, you know, empathetic that way and I just don't, I feel so bad for them and it's just overwhelming just like this, you just go home, please don't yeah. come back here. So just because you say the words <laughs> just kidding at the end certainly does not mean We well, shouldn't have humorous. to say just kidding. Right. Right? Yeah. That's the point. You should have a joke. You have a punchline. And they're like, then they'll realize they'll realize they're kidding when they're laughing. <laughs> it's kind of how it works. <laughs> Love that a lot. Brian, my final question. It's when mm. I ask every guest on the Eudaimonia podcast, can you offer my listeners a morning reminder? This might be a little practice, a ritual, an affirmation that they can use to inject a little bit more humor into their daily lives. I'll tell you two things I've been doing lately. I don't know if it helps inject humor, but I think it does. I mean, again, gratefulness. I wake up and I just try to um, sit with myself for a while. The one thing I do now, I don't go online for the first couple hours when I'm up. Mm. Now, I'm lucky to be able to do that because I'm a comedian. You know, I work at night, so I'm not in the mad rat race that most people are. But that's made a huge difference Um, because just, you know, you wake up, you're observed more. Again, you're more grateful. You're more in the moment. You're more present. You're more calm. Your body's not right on the screen just indulging in 95 things a minute. But I just, again, I think it just goes back to don't take yourself so seriously. Like, give yourself a break. Mm. You know, give yourself a break. Like, it could be the simplest thing. Like, just turn off your phone for five minutes and have a coffee outside. Or mm. just, um, yeah, get offline. Get offline. Not, not all the time. Of course, you need it, but just uh, it's too much. You don't need to be scrolling Facebook four hours a day comparing yourself to others and feeling shitty. That's really powerful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So that's, I don't know if really, but I don't necessarily think it might make you funnier, but it'll make you happier. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, you're on the spectrum then. Yeah, indeed. So. A little bit more lighthearted. Yeah, as exactly. You're Brian Elwood, if people want to find out more about you, and I know I've got listeners all over the world, and you have all got right. a world tour coming up at mm-hmm. some point, where can people find out about you and the work you do? Yeah, my website's brianelwardcomedy.com, and uh, on Facebook, my comedy page is, again, Brian Elwood Comedy, and... Um, Everything's Brian Elwood Comedy, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, website. So you catch me at Brian Elwood Comedy online, and um, I'll be posting a bunch of stuff. I'm putting out a new podcast. I've got a web series coming, editing my comedy special now. So lots of things coming in 220. That's great. Well, mm-hmm. I wish you all the success with that. Thank and you very much. Um, encourage my listeners to go along and have a laugh. Yes, please. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. As the poet Maya Angelou encouraged us, laugh as much as possible, always laugh. It's the sweetest thing one can do for oneself and one's fellow human beings. You've been listening to the Eudaimonia podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how to live a truly flourishing life, please subscribe and check out eudaimoniapod.com for more inspiring episodes. I'm Kim Forrester. Until next time, be well, be kind to yourself and unleash your sense of humour. <laughs>